Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Right then, here we are again. Uh, we've had sort of a day's play and we've had some matches, but we don't really know where we are right now, other than the fact that it's about nine o'clock in the evening. Is that about right, Catherine? 9.35. 9.35. Okay, we've just finished the day's play here at the Queen's Club, home of the Fever Tree Championships. And uh, yes, there's been lots more rain. There's been lots of more on and off the court with covers flying all over the shop. And uh, some matches have been played. However, we have the bumper order of play of all order of plays tomorrow to look forward to as a result. Where to start? Um, Matt is here. Hello, Matt. Make some Hello, sense. David. Make some sense of, uh, of day three for us. So it's actually a more complicated day for everyone, like, when, like today, when we've got play going on and off rather than yesterday, which was just a total washout. We kind of knew where we were. Yeah. Today... Bring back the absolute rain. <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Because I mean, you, you were saying interesting things about how your day is... You, you said to me it was one of the most hectic, difficult days you can remember in terms Today, of having yeah. to get information out to all the right people just because it was, change, it was such a changing picture. Yeah, and plus players were withdrawing. And, uh, I mean, one Martin Del Potro will come on to has withdrawn from the tournament, singles and doubles, because he's hurt his knee. And we didn't know when that was going to happen. And initially just withdrew from the doubles and... Then the singles came through later on. All this stuff's happening, and you'd, you've got matches moving all over the place. You've got you, you've, suddenly a couple of the courts had got some moisture on the outskirts, so they couldn't be used, so they had to move to another court. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It was a funny old day. <laughs> it, was a, it was a funny day, and it was a hectic day, but at least, at least there was actually some tennis today. Yeah. Yeah, there definitely was some tennis. And uh, presenting it all on Prime Video was... In, in micro doses. Yes, <laughs> Catherine Whitaker here, who has been on air a long time <laughs> in terms of total sort of hours spanned. The ratio of hours on air to balls struck <laughs> over the last two days is, is poor. <laughs> it's not, it's or strong, depending on... not good numbers. ...on your viewpoint. Um, so, yeah, Catherine's had all sorts of guests. We'll get onto those in a minute. Uh, but, yeah, concentrating on the play itself, who did we start with today? 
was Del Potro, wasn't it? Del Potro, Shapovalov. Well, which... Back when he was in the tournament. Both of them were in the tournament. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that match, let's just talk about the tennis and forget the rain for five minutes. Um, it, it was just a microcosm of where their careers are at, wasn't it? Because it was seven five six four to Del Potro. There were some lovely points, and yet there was never a question in your mind that Shapovalov would win. He, that he, he was always going to lose, it felt to me. He, he looked like a junior playing a senior. Yeah, it looked like man against boy, completely. Um, and it was shot selection, I thought, that largely let Shapovalov down. I know, Matt, you clocked that his ball toss was all over the place right from the get-go. That's usually especially if it's not necessarily all, I don't think as far as I can remember he hasn't always had issues with the ball toss which he, suggests that it's, it's a mental a year, thing isn't to it? me his, his serve generally is a bit of an issue mm. he's had a lot of double faults but today yeah the ball toss was going way over his sort of wrong shoulder he's kind of having to sort of dislocate his shoulder almost to actually get a racket on it and he caught quite a few of them but he tried to hit some of them and it just it wasn't working at all and it he was hitting a lot of the highlight reel shots. Mm. You know, you saw a shot, oh, that was a good shot from Shapovalov. But there was absolutely no sort of game plan of how he was trying to win that match. Whereas Del Potro was playing at a much more consistently mm. high level. Shapovalov was all coming in bursts. He was doing all the running. <laughs> yeah. Del Potro he, was just sort of moving the ball around. Do you remember when we chatted to, to Danny Valverde a couple of years ago at the Australian Open when he was working with Grigor Dimitrov and he talked really convincingly about patterns of play about meat and potatoes yeah. ways to win points where you, you you don't have to think about what short shot you're going to select because it's just instinct this is my bread and butter way to win this point you know serve forehand whatever it is that those those go-to deeply ingrained instinctive patterns of play I feel like that is what Denis Shapovalov needs mm. he's making too many de- decisions out there and his decisions aren't <laughs> aren't the right ones mm. and, and uh, the mind goes back to Mary Carrillo's magnificent description that you non-award winning if you if you can't if you've got to have good footwork to hit a good serve <laughs> yeah then you've got a problem um so yes it, it was it, it just always felt like that was going to be the end result and yet Del Potro injured his knee late on again or re-aggravated the same problem and I mean you know these are maybe I'm, I'm biased but they're I think they're the best grass courts in the world they, they are so true so perfect so beautifully manicured but when they are brand new and especially in conditions like we've had where there's a bit of moisture around it is impossible for them not to be a little bit slippery and um yeah, footing was, was difficult to find at times for the players and, and Del Potro's re-aggravated his knee. Somebody on Twitter today suggested an alternate universe in which there's a um, super event of the Queen's grass courts and their quality and everything you just described, but with the Haller roof. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the dream. Tennis yes. utopia. For all of you out there who's, who are thinking, yeah, David Law, why don't you get a roof? Well, the thing is, this is a tennis club, 11 months of the year, and uh, the whole tournament that you see, all the stands, they are built from scratch six weeks before the tournament starts. 
you can't put a roof on it. You, you just can't. It's not possible. It would be floating in thin air for, yeah. for 11 months of the year. That's right. And it's just not doable. And, and as you pointed out yesterday, it is rare that we get these huge washouts. Mm. I mean, the last two years, I'm not even sure, there's, has there been a minute no. affected by play? Do you remember last year when rain? we had that um, um, heat wave summer and... England yeah. reached the uh, Men's World Cup semi-final. Like, was that real? Did that was that happen? some sort yeah. of strange hallucinatory experience <laughs> or dream? Were, those are the days. What but was that? Also, I bet we were complaining that it was too hot as oh. well. <laughs> I, was. I know I was, yeah. 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 So it, it was too hot. Oh, thank goodness it's like this. <laughs> uh, so that, that happened. And then we got another match on court, and that was Dan Evans against Stan Wawrinka. And uh, Stan Wawrinka came out Creaming the ball. Oh my word, did he play well? I, I loved the way I, I, I got a sense of the fact that he might do that from the way he did his little jiggery uh, run from the chair to the back of the court. It was Nadal esque, wasn't after it? After time was called. And He's he did up it, for it this week. He I'll did tell it you. upon the resumption yeah. as well when they, they had about a three hour delay and then came back out. And there he is doing that Nadal esque little, what is it, a sort of explosive little bit of footwork to the back of the net and I thought, oh, hang on. It was the anti-diesel today, wasn't it? He didn't take time to get going, he was just on it straight away. Somebody gave him a turbocharge injection. It's those, it's the scones. Scones. <laughs> scones. No, scones. We've, we've done this, David, it's, it's scones. Right. Um, seriously though, let's be honest, amongst the three of us, there's only, there's only three of us here, nobody's listened to this, um, who did you pick to win that match before it started? Dan Evans. Dan Evans. Greg Rosetsky picked Dan Evans. Daniela Hantikova picked Dan Evans. Yeah. On a 10-match winning streak, and I thought the day off yesterday would kind of help him to get over the mm. the heavy lifting he had to do in Nottingham last week. And, I, and look, I, I would have said the same. Mm. And I, I do find it quite interesting. Last night... Um, Mike Dixon from the Daily Mail came in our, our tournament office and uh, we were just talking about it and I was, I don't know why, how we got onto it, I just said, you know, Evans, he, he's in good nick, he, he's got a chance at this, hasn't he? And, and I could just see this cynicism in Mike's eyes, not that he doesn't rate cynicism. Dan Cynicism? <laughs> yeah, not that, not that he doesn't rate Dan Evans incredibly highly, but I think he, he made the point that Stan Wawrinka is a world-class player and it's just... It's so easy to overlook mm. the, the, the natural pedigree of these people, what they have inside and what they've done. And if they're on it, they're going to win, you know? And it's a bit like what everyone was saying about kind of Federer with Clay. Like when he came back to Clay, everyone was like, oh, how is he going to do? It's Clay. I mean, he has played on Clay before. It's not like it's completely alien to him. And Wawrinka, yes, grass is his worst surface, but... He has reached two Wimbledon quarterfinals, I think, 2014, 2015. It's just the last couple of years, maybe when he's not had the fitness, that his grass court form has kind of nosedived and he's barely won a match on it. But he can play on grass. It just doesn't suit his game. Do you remember a couple of years ago when we were asked the question, it might, be, it might even have been one of our listener question editions, what, who was more likely to complete the career Grand Slam, Andy Murray or Stan Wawrinka? Yes, I do remember that. Um, what did we say? I said Andy Murray because I remember my reasoning was I cannot see him not winning an Australian mm. Open title. Um, five finals, at the time, I mean, still five finals. Could happen, and therefore, despite, despite therefore I, emotional tribute. I took it down to what's more likely to happen. <laughs> um, 
Vavrinka wins Wimbledon or Andy Murray wins the French Open. I can't quite remember if this is before or after Murray's run to the final at the French. I think after. And I decided Murray winning the French was more likely. What did I say? I would like to revise that view now. <laughs> I'm not saying Vavrinka's going to win Wimbledon. I'm saying One win it's over more Dan Evans. All you need to do is beat Dan Evans. <laughs> a win over Dan Evans and a metal hit you're in, <laughs> later. Su- suddenly you're in the mix. <laughs> In is he in the mix to win Wimbledon? Stan Wawrinka? Yeah. I'm, I mean, is he in the... Yeah, he's... Oh God. He's in the mix to win this tournament. Oh, I don't, that's no, 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 I don't that's think he's out. in the mix to win Wimbledon, no. Not even in the mix? Three-time no. Grand Slam champion? No, I'd need to see more. Do you know, I think it's about time, and we'll maybe put a bit of thought into this post-pod, but I do feel <laughs> as though... the mix. Well, we've done the definition, right? Have in we? Ter- in ter- yeah. Yes. In terms of they actually have to have a chance of winning the tournament. But I kind of feel like we need a numerical measurement of the mix as well. There has to be a pool of a number of players. Because... Because what I mean at the French Open, there were what did we decide? Twenty names in the women's draw in yeah. in the mix. So you came up with it. Now we have to come up with a grass court. Version. Oh, so so it it varies it from can event vary to from event, tournament to yeah, tournament. You can't just yeah. sort of keep expanding okay. the mix and chucking new ingredients in. Okay, well, before Wimbledon, we'll decide on the mix and no, we'll let you know how many num- people are in it. I'm not having one of your cakes if that's how you bake. <laughs> I'm speechless. I'm just saying, my my cakes have to have a certain number of... Anyway, (laughs) where have we got to? We've got to scones again. To quote Annabelle Croft, Stan Wawrinka's tennis was hefty today, wasn't it? (laughs) 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 It's our word of the day, isn't it? If you haven't seen Annabelle Croft's one-take, three-and-a-half-minute tour of the player lounge that she did... Uh, yesterday during during the rain delay when it was heavily populated down there and she did it for prime video and the uh, the tournament have, have retweeted it as well it is glorious it's so good fun it's so good fun she was brilliant she's um, all, all the f- food's great here all oh, they do they do these they do these great cakes and flapjacks i had that one yesterday it was a bit hefty <laughs> <laughs> she was brilliant oh i love animal Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hello tennis podcast listeners david here now you might know that i love a bit of cooking and i think i'm quite good at it but if i'm honest even i get fed up trying to work out what to do every night that's where home chef comes in being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times well that's pretty cool 
Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So, right, Stan Varinka in the mix. and as no, one th- for the tournament. For the tournament. For the tournament. Let's, let's stick to that. Uh, facts. Is there a factual mix? <laughs> okay, there is. So he's through to the next round, and then the heavens opened. Actually, they, they opened in sort of midway through the second set, and we had a monumental fill for Catherine on Prime Video. Uh, we had... I mean, I'll t- tell you what I didn't know had happened in an hour and six minutes is that Milos Raonic has somehow managed to win on another court. Yeah. And somebody came up to me and said, oh, that was quick for Milos, wasn't it? And I'm like, has he actually gone on the court? I, I, didn't even, I genuinely didn't even know he was on the court. What? Yeah, I like that he just knuckled down and got on with business there, literally without any of us noticing. Well, um, my colleague and our podcast friend Andrew said after that match, Milos Raonic is winning the tournament. <gasps> he just just came out with it. Wow. Because his reasoning is Bedenay and then Lopez to reach the semi-finals. Hold on, Lopez is a good player. He's 48 years old, David. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take 10 years. He's got other irons in the fire. Yeah, he's he's got doubles. He's got doubles to deal with as well. Doubles partner of Annie Murray. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just... He's only 38 years old, 37. Raonic's just brushed the side, Cecchinato. Yeah. Yeah. But although we were running yesterday during the monumental film, we were running the the 2016 final um, between Andy Murray and Milos Raonic, which was peak Raonic. Um, when he had John McEnroe in his corner and he just looked like a different guy. Mm. He did look like a different guy. I'm not saying Andrew's wrong. But he's wrong. And he, he could be on to something. I mean, I thought maybe Adrian Manorino was winning the tournament <laughs> and he's fallen by the wayside. Yeah. So um, Without stepping out onto court. Miller, uh, inc- incidentally, you should just add that uh, intern Andrew, which is my uh, my catchy name for Andrew Bridges who's part of our tennis podcast team uh, is here with us at Queen's and yes uh, I think he, I think he knows his stuff but Milos Raonic he's into well? dodgy predictions so uh, well, he's, he's, he's one of us right in. he's more than welcome uh, you mentioned Feliciana Lopez who came out from a set down to win through in three now you may have read some media reports uh, about Lopez in the last uh, 24 hours and uh, his name has been mentioned in regard to some allegations um to do with the integrity of the sport and he has since released a statement and I will just read it to you it says following reports in the media that mentioned my name and my partner's Mark Lopez I feel it is extremely important to come to you and absolutely deny any link with the events described in relation to the allegations of match fixing unfortunately all tennis players are public figures and we are exposed to having our good name used beyond our control. For that reason, I will do everything within my power to defend myself against any such false accusations. Mark and I had immediately contacted the Tennis Integrity Unit to fully cooperate, and they have confirmed that there has been no investigation about the match at Wimbledon in 2017. What actually happened, just to fill you in there, 
he, he won the title here at Queen's in the singles, went to Wimbledon and, uh, and actually had to w- retire, in, I think, in the fourth set in, in his singles match uh, with a foot problem. He ended up playing the next day or a couple of days later in the doubles uh, and lost in four sets, and that's the match that they're referring to. He says, We have full faith in the tennis integrity unit and the role they play protecting our sport. I've always believed in the values of fair play, it has been the case during my long career, and I stand for the integrity of the game, which is so important. I'm now focused on giving my best as always, and will play with 100% focus at Queen's. For now, these are the only comments I wish to make on the matter. So, uh, it's, um, it's been a pretty, I think, trying period of time for Feliciano Lopez, and uh, he is, yes, that's his situation. We thought we'd bring you up to date on that. And he will now play with Andy Murray tomorrow in the doubles eventually as long as we get good weather um 19 degrees and in intermittent sunshine that's yeah. the forecast fine any yeah. rain no no rain no you guarantee not, not for the next four days catherine i've suddenly grown to like you <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic weather forecast not suddenly it's basically last summer all, all over again just now. a bit more than before um, so, right, what else has happened today? Uh, what was the next match we had on court? Sitsipas Edmund. Oh, yeah. Which is to be finished. How good was the, the ovation that Sitsipas received from the crowd here, who've never seen him before, you know, in, in a, 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 a Queen's Club, at least. And he was given a really rapturous reception. He, he just connects people, doesn't he? Yeah, I think all of that crowd were thinking, this is something that I'll be recounting remembering in in five to ten years time saying oh, i saw i saw sits pass when uh, he played his first ever queens i really think that I, I believe that will be the case and i think that that was on some level on the most of the crowd's mind you know we're seeing something that's very soon going to be very special mm. yeah i agree with you i agree with you i mean he he just he's just I was standing watching his match. Who was I standing with? I can't remember who name, it was. Name drop, name drop alert. Annabelle Croft. That was it. Oh, well, oh we've already dropped her the name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, no, I'm not trying to drop names. I'm just trying to be factual. We're standing next to a tele- TV screen in the um, uh, play lounge after I decided against one of those flapjacks. And <laughs> I just said, he's just got everything, hasn't he? There's nothing he hasn't got in terms of charisma and just... Balance and you know we were talking about footwork yesterday, and he looks like he could just skate around that court. And the contrast with Kyle Edmund was so stark, wasn't it? Because Sitsipas walks onto court and you can't take your eyes off him. He's a completely absorbing. He just dominates and imposes himself on whatever space he's in. And Kyle at the moment is the absolute opposite. I think, and I know that was something that Freddie Rosengran, his his coach that he split with earlier this year at the back end of last year, really specifically tried to work on with him when they first started working together. Him trying to be a more imposing presence on the court and to exude more positivity and more domination of a tennis court and, stature. And you know, he's never he is the personality that he is, and you you don't want him to be acting but he definitely made some strides with him in that regard and it does feel like he's regressed you know I think Annabelle said you just you're barely noticing that Kyle's there Mm -hmm. and he wasn't playing horribly but that match was so all about 
sits a pass. Yeah, 18 months ago, Kyle Edmund looked like a bigger human being, mm. didn't he? He, he, he looked like he the enjoyed court. tennis. I didn't see a huge amount of joy from, from Kyle Edmonton. I know the circumstances were extremely difficult and trying. You know, for, for a lot of that second set, the court was being enveloped in just, I mean, the moodiest, most threatening-looking clouds. It was like Mordor descending <laughs> on West London. It re- and, you know, even the most mentally focused athletes in the world could would be a little bit distracted by that. But it's not just here. It's not just today. You know, you felt it at the French Open throughout the clay court season. He's having a tough time and, and he's... I get the feeling that he's struggling to enjoy his tennis at the moment and that makes me... Sad. Well, he's, he, we've heard a lot from Andy Murray over the last two years about what it's like trying to play when you're just in pain all the time. Now, I have no idea what sort of pain Kyle Edmund might or might not be in, but he's definitely managing a knee problem. So that must just weigh on you, I would think. Don't you think? For sure. And, yeah, he just he doesn't have that presence on court. And I think... What, what you're saying about kind of you can't act it, can't fake it is interesting. But I mean, can you? I think I think you have to. You have to show yeah. something. I mean, he needs a hem and fist pump, doesn't he? Yeah, or or the Kevin Anderson thing about committing all the time. You know, it's like you have to show something if if you're not able to produce it yourself physically. You've got to make your opponent at least think that fake you're, it till you make it. Yeah. See, with me, I I would say that he. He does it just by notching up a win or two. I feel he's mm. that sort of player. He needs one win or, and just I to build. That, I thought that in Paris, though, when he got that win over Shardy over two days at the French Open. But then I really knee, thought, he, his, to, to his, quote Grigor Dimitrov, that that was the start <laughs> of something. But his knee started playing him up, didn't it? I mean, I, I, I yeah, just feel no, like... No more so than it had done against Shardy, as, as far as I... Can tell. I think I feel like we've seen the, the trend we've seen over the course of his career, three or four years, is that he has a, a, a dip and he has a, a setback, mm. and then he just gradually builds because he's a worker. You know, he's, he's somebody who keeps punching the clock and he'll keep turning up for work every day and try to build back up. And eventually, when he's built enough, his his confidence starts coming into play. And then he's actually, he suddenly, it's almost like a sort of moment of realisation. Do you know what? I'm actually a really good tennis player. Yeah. And you're going to know about it, mate. Yeah, which, but what you're describing there is is not faking it till you make it. It's just well, I don't making think can. it. I don't, th- well, I don't think that's in him, really. It's not him, but... but uh, why, why try and be what you're not? We're, we're not saying that. We're just... Do you think you need to give... I mean, if his knee injury is so bad, wh- why is he playing on it? Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know how bad it is, really. That's the mm. other thing. We don't really know. So, anyway, I mean, I mean we should say he hasn't lost. What's the score? <laughs> yeah, he's still in the match. <laughs> he's still in the score. It's 3-all, 30-all in the second set. And, yeah. and, he, and he has played... He did play better in the second set. Yeah, I think he had a couple of break points. He had yeah, chances. and 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 Sitsipas was just starting to look a bit stressed. Mm. Yeah, I'm um, quite I'm quite looking forward to watching some tennis. That's not going to happen, but I'm quite, <laughs> I'd quite I'd be quite interested to see some. The bit I did see about with Sitsipas to contrast with Shapovalov, he has patterns of play definitely. Like there's something I think Federer-esque about the way he 
hits a serve out wide and moves up to the forehand really quickly and just sort of swishes it away to the other side. It's, it's, he does it so often and so effectively, and it's so simple, but it works. There's intent in yeah. every shot, isn't there? Yeah. He's going he's gonna to hurt you in some way or, or set you up to hurt you, mm. like a jab that will follow with a right hook. Exactly. Catherine Catherine's less impressed with that analogy. What? Just find boxing a bit gruesome. Well, it is, but you know, the, it's a sort of tennis is a non-violent boxing, really. Yeah, which is why it's better. Well, I agree, it's better. That's why we're doing the <laughs> tennis podcast. Yeah. That's why I've quit from the boxing podcast without doing an episode. <laughs> Come to this one instead. So, <laughs> what else is going on? Uh, did we, we didn't have any more tennis. Then the heavens open, and we all and people there, just scarpered. There were results. Luca Puy won against Jay Clark. Against Jay Clark. Um, who, who played well for a set. Alex Bedene beat uh, Alex de Menor in three sets and celebrated like he'd won Wimbledon. <laughs> did he? Yeah. Did, what did he do? He was delighted. Was he? Yeah, Lopez won. We talked about that. Yeah. Um, what, what, the fact that he now played... Well, no, he, he he would have played Del Potro, so Lopez is through to the quarterfinals. We can do a quick order of play in a minute. We've got, what, four it, minutes left? It was it, Yeah, it was one of those days where some people didn't even win a round and Lopez won two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, so what happened in other tournaments? I don't even know if they had play. You know how we were saying Ostapenko beating Sviatek was a big win? Start of something. It was the start of something. Because she's beaten Joe Conte today, three and four. In uh, in Birmingham, isn't that quite nice to think that you can put this player like Ostapenko into the mix, <laughs> and she can just sort of make it splash out over the edges because she's she's, she's, she's just, doing an Ostapenko. You know? Yeah, uh, Petra Martic beat uh, Margarita Gasparian up there. Stritzova beat Suwaishe. Doubles partners. Oh yeah. Yeah. Didn't. The- didn't Pliskova play a sister? Yeah, K Pliskova beat K Pliskova. Yeah, which I'm genuinely staring at this, trying to establish who won. I believe Christina, the lesser ranked Christina Pliskova. won. I think it was like nine seven in the tiebreak or something like that. There's yeah. a lovely little gif um, of them doing their photo at the net and not being able to keep a straight face. About <laughs> Have they ever met before on it, tour? Because no, I can't remember it, was it the having first happened. ever meeting between twins on the WTA tour, I believe. And I mean, every they found it as hilarious as, as everyone. And, and they prepared for it last night by going to Nando's together. Oh. I wouldn't mind going to Nando's. Now? Should we go now? I wouldn't mind. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chong Wong beat Lauren Davis. Venus Williams beat Sasnovich. Ash Barty beat Donna Vekic. How is that a first round? That, I, wow. I love how sort of unaffected Barty seems seems to have been by winning the French Open it's yeah, just, well, I won a Grand Slam yeah. but you know just cruise into just cruise into the grass Catherine's looking a bit put out because she's the she does the impression because you did low quality impersonation come on let's hear, let's hear yours no, no I don't I'm not performing monkey <laughs> will you say that uh, Sevastova beat um, Tom Lianovic Anastasia Sevastova has been in the final of every single um, Mallorca Open Really? Yes. That's a fantastic <laughs> stat. How did you not know this? I didn't know that, no. This is such, is I feel such a sense of satisfaction having got that reaction from how, you. Matt. How many did they I have? I mean, I've stolen that from somebody on Twitter who I can't even remember to credit. How, a poll. Is, how this number, is this my awkward number two? I think two? there's only been 
three or four. <laughs> I'm looking this up. I've got, I've got, <laughs> Elise, you've got, I've got until I've read out all these scores. Who, uh, who Sophia Kennan beat Ons Jabor. Jabor actually retired in that one in the second set. Elise Mertens beat Stam, Sam Stoza two sets. And Ye Van Wang beat Alison Van Oitvank. That's like, is it, was it Victor Estrella Burgos, who was the absolute king of... Was it? He'd only ever won a match in Peru or something. It was like at, at, at high altitude. Like, was it La yes. Paz or something? Yeah. He won it like two or three times in a row and yes. was undefeated at the time. Undefeated at and altitude um, above 1,500 metres. Yeah. Evgeny Kafelnikov won Moscow about six times in a row. <laughs> it's quite a um, good player, though. In Hall- <laughs> you've got until I've read the. It's not going very Haller well, my search. I, I can't see What have you searched? I'm struggling to spell Mallorca. <laughs> <laughs> This is what happens to David at the Fever 2 Championships. Uh, Borna Chorich defeated Jao Souza in a deciding set tiebreak. Yeah, three hours that one. The match Ooh. point was like 30 shots long. He's, he's becoming a bit of a marathon man, Borna Chorich. And of course, he? he's defending the title there because yeah. he beat Federer in the final last year. Pierre Hugues Ebert beat Sergi Stakovsky. See you, Sergi. Karen <laughs> Hatchinov beat Jan Leonard Struff in three sets. That's a good match. Good match, yeah, really good match. And David Goffin beat Radio Albert. Where is Federer? He, he played yesterday. Yeah, we played tomorrow. Day off. He's got his feet up. He's got Songa next. He's smoking a cigar. So, ooh. Remember when Songa beat him from two sets to love down at Wimbledon? I do. Vividly. Wow. I, I didn't see that because I was on another court with five live commentary for something else. Anyway, uh, do you want my Sevastova... Uh, or Sevastova research? Yes, please. Right, okay. She's been in... Three finals to date, 2016. Uh, she lost to Caroline Garcia in the final. Then 2017, she won, beating Yulia Gogas in three sets. And then in 2018, uh, she lost to Tatiana Maria. So she's on to win it this year. Yeah. And I think 2016 was the first year, so... Yeah. Yeah. So three out of three. Nailed it. Wow. Blimey that, Catherine. Stat cat. <laughs> <laughs> not having that <laughs> <laughs> well i'm in trouble now everybody uh, so uh we've been the tennis podcast brought to you in association with oh, the telegraph look at the look in her <laughs> eyes oh i'm in such trouble uh brought to you in association with the telegraph uh, executive produced uh, with rio with a y i have had one beer just one <laughs> you know but that this is what happens and uh have i done all the plugs that i'm supposed to do it's about I right. the folks at tennisballs.com today. Did you? Oh, yeah, them. Right. So we'll, we'll be back <laughs> with another one. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. 